Welcome to Rival Reviews. My name is Abir. And I'm Sam. And this is the podcast where we review, discuss, and ultimately debate our favorite... And don't forget our least favorite... Movies and television shows. Everyone in the movie is speaking like this. And they all just like, <laughs> I'm like, come on, I'm so annoyed. Because if I die, I'm just a felon. Mm. You're still You're an, an American. Yeah. Like, <laughs> You're a Navy SEAL. They're still going to. So dumb. <laughs> like there is a heaven and i'm like oh my god i can't defend those scenes those were so unnecessary so so bad so then like i'll give you the fact that he survived because navy seals can hold their breath for six to seven minutes uh it's what i learned in this podcast today you're welcome that Michael B. Jordan is a 15 out of 10 and that movie was a <laughs> 3 out of 10. Oh boy. Wow. Interesting. Okay. So let's, okay, let's just, oh man, I don't even know how to go at this because I'm like, I want to go scene by scene, but that 3 out of 10 just completely throws me off. <laughs> um, give me, give me a general idea of why it's a 3 out of 10 without going into the details. It was so predictable. It was so predictable. Yeah. It felt like the acting was good but the screenplay was really bad and so there was this disconnect between the actors and the actual things they were saying it was just so uncomfortable there were a couple scenes where I was just like oh this is gonna happen and it immediately like happened a couple minutes later and I would say it out loud just so that I could like prove to myself it was gonna happen it also felt just like that typical American hero story, which I, I feel like right I am very allergic to. <laughs> yeah, I knew when I was watching this, I'm like, oh man, that's the first thing she's going to talk about <laughs> is how much she hates that theme in this movie. I mean, to be fair to the movie, or at least like what it is, at least is like it's a Tom Clancy movie, which if you're familiar with Tom Clancy's work, it's very American military. Oh, like I didn't know that. Epitome of American military. Uh, and it flew Hughes in the Navy. I'm not sure. But yeah, like it's all it's all based on that and his like vast knowledge of how that all works and what it looks oh. like. And so that's why that's why his name's attached to this. And this is based on a book he wrote a long time ago. Um, he's passed away now, but it's I mean, it's is a very, very loose adaptation of that book. Like it's like a white guy in the 80s, a different war, different everything. And there's not I don't think it's this action fact. But anyway, well, let's let's just start. I think we're going to disagree somewhat on what we like. But I knew that going in because I am OK with American military movies. I mean, not necessarily, you know, the overdramatic. OK, all, but I- I'm OK with military movies like uh, G.I. Jane. I love G.I. <laughs> Jane. Really? What a great movie. God, okay. watching that as a kid, I felt so empowered to be able to do those like sit ups that Demi Moore does like a upside down on the bed but anyway I have I don't have a problem with military movies I have a problem with like the hero worship that happens in military movies they're like 
worship. I, I feel like I'm really allergic to nationalism and like worship of a country and the general um, greater good ideology of like, we could do something just for the greater good. Like that bothers me. And then the other thing that bothers me about these movies is there was like a lot of them in the 2000s, like in the early 2000s, there were so many of these movies. It was like a genre and it was just like, it's so repetitive. It's so predictable. And that's what, that's my problem with them. All of the above. That's fair. Uh, I I am fine with it. <laughs> so I can't really, it's totally, we're just literally just on two different points. But that's totally fine, right? So let's start with the very beginning. Uh, did, you, did you at least like the action in this movie? Because I thought the action was pretty good. Yeah, the action was fun, but I always like action. Like that's never a problem for right. me. The only thing that bothers me with action is sometimes the CGI could be really bad, but that wasn't the case in this movie. So that was fine. Yeah. But yeah, I really like the action. A lot of use for CGI, yeah. Yeah, cool. Okay, so let's, let's get going here. So the very first uh, scene in this movie is the hostage rescue. So our boy, uh, John Kelly, and his uh, Navy SEAL team are in, where are they? Syria. Hello. Yeah. Yep. And they are going to rescue a CIA person who has been captured. Thoughts on, on how that went down? I thought it was cool. Like, I, I thought it was really cool how they started. And all of a sudden, these shots start firing out. And they come out of the water. Initially, I was like, it can't yeah. be him alone. Like, that would be weird. And then I know I thought that'd out. be so dumb. Yeah, yeah. Then <laughs> more God. people came out and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I did find it weird that it was somehow like the Russians in Halab that were like there. I hated the character who was just like, oh, just go with it. It's like these are adults. Uh, they got questions. These are Russians. Oh, the CIA. Yeah, guy? the CIA guy. Well, in, in the like. So because uh, my stupid knowledge of somewhat military stuff is like CIA, like CIA would just basically tell you, tell them what the mission is and they don't really get any room to question that. So that part at least is kind of realistic. Yeah, like, but I that's guess just, it was because of the lie, essentially, that they thought they were going. Yes. They, yeah, yeah, that part was weird. Like either way, thought that was that scene was cool. Definitely think that there are some underlying uh, political issues that they're at, like they're trying to get to there it's essentially like the relationship between Russia and the current Syrian regime that is interesting that's true yeah. and I think it's true but then again that's just my thoughts yeah so to paint that picture a little bit is they go to rescue the CIA operative I guess he is and they come across soldiers that start firing on them and they have a big gunfight and um it's it's revealed or figured out that the soldiers are actually Russian soldiers, not Syrian, which is a surprise to the Navy SEAL team that's in there. Uh, there's a really cool part where they get shot at by a rocket, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. And like the ground gets taken out. And then um, oh, what was her name? Uh Karen Greer is is the female Navy SEAL. She's so cool. She was very cool. I actually looked her up when I was watching this because I was just like, I'm like, I've never seen her before, but she's really good in this. And she's like a model that was like model to actress. And oh my god, that uh, she makes was sense. Nothing I've she's seen, like, but... yeah, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So she was really cool. But there's a part where she and another Navy SEAL fall, the other Na- Navy SEAL dies, and John Kelly, so Michael B. Jordan, um, even though they're they're told to withdraw and get out now that they have the operative, he drops down to help her, which was cool. Um, and they have a really cool action scene together where they're kind of covering each other and he's got a knife fight and she's like covering him from guys coming down the stairs. I, I thought that played out really well. I also thought 
it set the tone really well for the rest of the movie for their relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I think their relationship is pretty cool. I love how he saved her. That scene very much gave me a John Wick vibe. And for the rest of the movie, I could not get rid of that John Wick vibe. Yeah, the trailer for this gave me some John Wick vibes. I knew it wasn't going to be as like over the top kind of crazy as John Wick, which is fine. Um, But elements of that is always great for action. I didn't see the trailer. I like going in blind sometimes. I was too excited for this. I'm a big Tom Clancy fan. Oh, okay, yeah. And I had never really heard of Tom Clancy, so there you go. Which I'll get to more of later. But uh, actually, so actually with, with Karen Greer, we have our first little crossover. I don't think, I'm sure you haven't seen this. It's the Jack Ryan show on Amazon. Yeah, nah. Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. Uh, with John Krasinski from The Office. He works with a guy named, I forget, Greer. His, I forget his first name, but a, a guy named Greer. And so there's a, a, a line in this movie where they say that this is the niece of him. Oh, okay. I must have missed that completely. You wouldn't have, it wouldn't have mattered to you if you hadn't seen it. Yeah. Or if you didn't know who Greer was, who's also in the books, I, th- I believe. But the interesting part is Amazon, I think, has the rights to like Tom Clancy stuff now. Oh, like, that's that makes sense. A universe they own. So like I think they're crossing stuff over a little bit. Um, and we'll get more to a teaser for the next thing later on that I can talk more about too. Yeah. Anyway, so that uh that part was really cool. Thought that was really good. After that part, we move on to they return to base. They they realize that uh as you mentioned, like he brings up to the CIA guy, these are Russian, you know, Russian soldiers, not Syrian. And uh, he just basically says, oh, well, deal know, with it. Classified. Yeah. Yep. So after this point, we get back to the United States and some crazy stuff starts happening to the Navy SEAL team. So they start getting kicked, uh, killed off one by one, uh, which was very fascinating in some gruesome ways as well. Like, the car the that was so unfortunate and then yeah. the van running him over in front of his kids that was also mm-hmm. super unfortunate but the moment that that happened you knew that they were coming for john kelly and yeah. when they came to john kelly and they were at his house i was like the moment i saw his wife I was like she's gonna die I knew it. I even wrote it in my notes. I was like, She's it's in the trailer, die. by the oh, way. Oh, it is? But... <laughs> I haven't seen the trailer. Yeah. No, I know that. It's like, it's very blatantly like part of the advertising. I mean, it's called Without Remorse. It's, but yeah, I yeah, know it's fine. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. And then you see him start going on this like death rampage. Like you knew it was going to happen. And I was like, oh, this is his origin story. This is the John Wick moment. Um, but I did think it was really cool. I think I just really liked and really like Michael B. Jordan. I think he played a really good role in it and he's a great actor. So it was great. It's also really lovely to see, um, you know, a black guy that is the protagonist and then also the uh, supporting characters to also be black. Like it's so fun. I noticed that too. I was like, this is like a a main black cast in this movie, which was really cool. Yeah, Yeah. which is so cool because like, if you think about the American military, there's still a lot of black guys there. So to pretend that they're not there is huge part of the military i don't know any numbers obviously but yeah like that's definitely definitely yeah the whole scene with uh them coming into his house and, and him kind of realizing what's going on they cut the power and he notices was really good i thought it was really tense really well done uh that part felt like john wick you know first movie where they come into his house uh but yeah he gets some kind of a gunfight with uh i think it's like four guys yeah four of them yeah he's kind of too late his wife gets murdered in her bed uh while this is going on one of the russians get shot in the head by another Russian intentionally. So like we're seeing something get set up that we don't understand yet at the beginning of this movie. And then, yeah, John Kelly gets shot as he's shooting at one of the other guys and the other guy gets away. I will mention 
there's a part where the the flashlights rolling back and forth and it's like kind of lighting up both their faces and the guy has night vision goggles on so the flashlight kind of blinds him so he pulls it off and that's how john kelly sees his face i thought that was really cool i really love that little moment yeah that was really cool uh detail to uh, attention to detail i think it's really i think it was cool that he saw his face all we know so far is that he's russian and that they're out to get him and you think he's going to die really at that point because his injuries and that like he's got a couple uh, shots and the injuries don't look very good, but the guy gets away. The other guy gets up and gets away. And that's the fourth dude who's alive as far as he knows. And the other three are dead. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty good gunfight after that. Yeah. He, he does survive. And basically as he's being rehabilitated, uh, we also discover actually at this point that Karen Greer, the other Navy SEAL is, is, been promoted i'm not really sure what her position is but being it's a lieutenant a, or something i can't remember something like that but yeah so she's been promoted which is cool and he uh yeah he's being rehabilitated and she comes to him and basically tells him that you know like they're closing the case they just i believe it's because they just don't want to stir the pot essentially yeah. with russia like yeah. they're kind of writing it off as something that they don't want to retaliate on yeah and in this during this time they seem to have an ally with the secretary who yes yeah so that he seems to be wanting them uh both Greer and john kelly to keep on their mission seems to be inviting them in to learn a little bit more about the briefings with the cia so you know you're very very early on got this dude and you're already like oh he's suspicious like well yeah they're they're i think the problem there's one there's one big problem with this movie is that it's not a very big cast which isn't actually isn't a problem but when you're trying to do a story that's like got like a red herring mm-hmm. and then you you know and it's supposed to have a twist when your cast is like four people and you know the other the navy seal girl didn't do it you, you're gonna figure out that the one cia guy didn't like the overall um suspicion on the movie is supposed to be on the cia yeah that's helping them you're, you're supposed to think he's the one that's that's like a traitor but it, it's just too obviously not him yeah and he he honestly plays that role so well because he's an annoying yeah like he, he you get annoyed yeah. from him but because he plays it so well you immediately rule him out as the bad dude and then you yeah. see his boss the director and you only see her once in order for someone to be a bad dude they don't really show up like I think once or twice in the entire movie and she wasn't convincing enough because generally when you look at these red herrings or like these twists that person is convincing you don't have any idea that it's them and she was like an you know she was mean from the get-go so you're just like yeah it's not her either so yeah that part was predictable I found I wrote that down um that you knew he was probably going to be important at the end so at this scene basically we've got Gree telling him that there's nothing he can do but she gives him some intel, which is that there's three guys. They know who those three guys are and there's a fourth, but they have no information about the fourth and the director is comfortable with the intel she's got that she doesn't believe it needs to be pursued. So yeah, she could lose her job over that. Thought that was cool. Thought their relationship was cool. But there was one part where he said, all I need is a name. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so cheesy. Why is the writing on this movie so cheesy? To be fair, he was right. I mean, come on. The other bit of intel she did have was that name. Uh, and, and what he was referring to was 
the person who hired the four people, I believe, or the contact for the, the, the person who put the group of four Russians together. And so, you know, if he finds that person, he can figure out who the fourth person was. So, yeah, I mean, it's cheesy. It's funny. This movie is only, um, it's like an hour and 45 yeah, minutes or something, which I thought yeah. was interesting. Yeah. And, and you're so used to movies now being like two hours, 15, two hours and a half. And I thought one thing I wrote down is this movie doesn't really waste anytime I like, like it that. starts fast yeah, me too I was like it's really refreshing to get a movie like like we're kind of like yeah it's, it's cheesy line and stuff but honestly it's just there to get him to the next scene which I thought was really cool but it's like they're not wasting time with him like I don't know on the computer and, and calling up friends yeah. just like yeah whatever just give him yeah. and like I get it it comes across as cheesy but I'm also just like and everyone everyone in the movie is speaking like this all I need is a name. And they all just like, <laughs> I'm like, come on. I'm so annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's real serious business, Amir. It's a serious military movie. And uh, then we, I think the next scene is when they move, uh, they decide to go to Russia, essentially. He goes to Russia. Once he gets the name of the person that hired the four contacts or the four uh, Russian people, and he, you know, stumbles around next drunk to kind of like see where the guy is and and he's coming out. And then he basically catches which vehicle he's getting in. And he, he, I love the part where he's like driving behind them and he, he calls the police and reports them as having a weapons and that like pulls off his security detail, which I thought was great. Yeah, that was so cool. That was fun. Yeah. And then he basically just rams the guy's car in the middle of a, completely public area i think it's at an airport and then he i thought this was so cool he it's unrealistic but it was cool he like douses his car in gasoline as he's trapped in it and then he gets in the car and starts interrogating him uh and asking the name of the other guy the fourth guy yeah and that's when he discovers the name of the fourth guy even though the russian dude was trying hard not to say anything as he's burning alive in a car like come on dude well, and he shot him twice, yeah, I believe, twice, before yeah. he even. Yeah. So I thought that scene was cool. I feel it was really smart how he called the cops and the cops were waiting to check out the 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 Russian dude's car because he said it was suspicious yeah. and it was like weaving in and out of traffic. I thought that scene where he burnt the car and put the like petrol on the car beforehand was really cool. But then again, is one of many unrealistic parts of this movie <laughs> yeah. that are like nobody too takes unrealistic. Like, yeah, that was actually something I noticed. I was like, why doesn't why isn't anyone filming this? Okay, so let me let me ask you this question. What what like specifically which which part is unrealistic? Just that he would get in the car and be able to do that? Is that your point? No, just like firstly, I, I I'll I'll give him a pass for the way that he called the cops and the cops actually stopping someone yeah, in sure. time. Yeah, like yeah, that's fine. That's unrealistic as yeah, hell. Airport security. Yeah, whatever. Knows, yeah. But I think like him ramming into the car was fine. But then it's the dousing it with petrol, lighting it on fire, then getting inside, speaking to this dude for as long as he did, shooting him twice, getting a name, getting out, and then getting away with no one filming. He didn't him. get away though. Well, that was the day he. They it's that part was weird. He got out and just put his arms yeah. up, and then they that's what he yeah, went to prison yeah. after that. Yeah. So I thought that scene was just like cool, but also like one of almost every like every time an action scene went down, it was super unrealistic. I will give it points for showing me stuff that I haven't seen before. Yeah. That was the yeah. only thing where I was just like, 
Uh, and honestly, I give this movie an extra, uh, we don't do a rating system, but an extra whole point for not having a car chase. I am, I was like so nervous when he got in that car and started falling. I was like, oh no, like, I don't want to see another car. I'm just, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Like no more. Agreed. Agreed. But yeah. So then he goes to prison. Like they capture him, they put him in prison. And this is another great scene. I thought where the, the guards come to that get him out. That was a good scene. That was yeah. such so the a guards, good scene. The guards come to say, Hey, you're coming with us. And he's like, where am I going? And they, can't tell him or won't tell him and he says well i'm not going anywhere then and so the guard leaves and he comes back with with some people in riot gear but while he's doing that is one of the greatest parts where he he knows what's about to go down so he starts wrapping like i think it's a shirt or a sheet or something around his hand to protect his hand when he starts punching people and then he starts uh splashing water everywhere on his body so he's harder to be gripped uh he starts flooding the floor of the cell so that they're slipping on it like all this great like little stuff that like he's you know he's thought of this before or he's been in the situation before as a seal so he just knows like he knows how do i get an advantage when i have almost nothing in here with me and guards come in and there's quite a good fight where of course he wins and then uh we realize or he gets a phone call that basically says no it's okay go with this person you can trust them yeah, so that was the um was it the FBI that came and picked him up or was it the CIA? Uh, it's probably the CIA, but I, I just don't remember, remember their really blue matter. jackets. But yeah, so uh Greer calls him, tells him that it's safe, he leaves with them. That was a pretty badass fight scene. But again, one of those fight scenes where you're just like, Okay, he's just too perfect. Like he's just too riot good. Armor. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. he's just there's what eight dudes with right oh there was four that walked in with the riot armor and he was still able to take them on like come on fine i'll give him four whatever i'll give him that but um great fight scene yeah super unrealistic again yeah of course he's just too good he's too good like he's too good yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think Navy SEALs are that good, but I do. He does say it a few times, though. Like, there is a line at some point in this movie, and I think it's just after this point, where he's basically saying, like, like just, just send me. He's like, I can do things you're not legally allowed to do at this point, essentially, which he's right. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of cool. But yeah, he, I mean, yeah, it would have been cool to maybe see a little more backstory on, I don't know, him being as good as he is, maybe. So it was a little more believable when you got to those parts, but. I don't know. I'm okay with it. Like that, as long as it's cool, it doesn't really bother me that yeah. much. But and like that's the thing. The action scenes in this movie were pretty fun. And I watched the entire thing yeah. without being bored. I was just yeah, I just felt like it was cheesy as hell, uh, unrealistic as hell, and the dialogue yeah. was horrible. I thought the dialogue, I didn't really notice it was horrible, but I thought it was like uh what's the serviceable, maybe like I didn't there wasn't there's Normally I'm like, oh, this line's great. And this line's great. I can't really think of much. Oh my God. The dialogue was was an afterthought in this movie. Yeah. Right. It was. Yeah. It's, it's, it's to fill the script to get them. Yeah. Like I said, point A to point yeah. B. When he's like, I need a name. It's just there to get to the next scene. That that's the point of it. Yeah. Even when his wife dies, like there, there's a really funny observation I met. So, it, or I noticed, sorry, his, his wife dies at the beginning and then he's in the hospital. Right. And obviously rehabilitation would take months and all that kind of stuff. There's no family there. Like his family, her family, like nobody. Yeah. But they had a giant party at the beginning. Right. But I, and that was slightly confusing, but I think that was a pastor they know, right? Like that, because he was at the funeral later too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they called him pastor. And then he like, it's funny because he turns to the wife and says, oh, how, like, when do you do? And my thought was like, wait a minute, whose dad is this? Because they would know when she's due. And then I'm like, oh, he's not one of their parents. Like, I'm like, okay, oh, okay so they yeah. don't have, right? Like that was, I don't know. It was a weird. That was, yeah. 
There's a lot that's unspoken, which again goes for the like bad dialogue. So it really just served the purpose of filling in the gaps. Well, what was his wife's name? Pam. Say her name. Oh, you actually say got her that? name. Oh, yeah, right. Say right. her <laughs> name. I said, yeah, I forgot about that part. <laughs> I was I was saying that because I was like, she's in like two scenes. Like, there's no setup to his wife. You don't care whatsoever outside of it's sad that his wife dies. Oh, right? yeah. Like, I don't remember like his wife. I just remember him saying Pam so often in that movie. And I'm just like, mm. they couldn't think of any other name, Pam. That's a, yeah. Like, that's a thing, though. I'm like, I, I want to dock it for not being for not really making me care about some of this and not really setting it up. But then on the other hand, I'm like, I really appreciate that it didn't waste my time. And it was just like, let's go. Cause we've seen all that stuff before too, I guess, but yeah, I don't know. So the very next scene would be, uh, yeah, they grab him out of prison and they're like, Kate, you're coming with us or we're going in there. We've, we've found the guy essentially. And this is a mission to take him back, not to kill him. And uh, he joins a team of, other navy seals and also his friend uh karen greer the navy seal is there and they get on a plane yeah um that scene was um fine i think like my note here is how did he even survive so which part the plane (laughs) falling so basically as they're in the air they fly into russian airspace and then you have two russian fighter jets pop up and they don't give them an opportunity. They just shoot down one of the um, wings and the engines on the wings and um, they start going down. So everyone starts preparing and all he can think of is got to get the gear. we got to get the gear. And at that point you think that he's not in his right mind because prior to getting up on the plane, Greer even said that she doesn't think he's fit to be back in the field. Right. So you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, he doesn't seem like he's fit to be back in the field. And then it just like goes down, skids on the water. I'll give it that. I'll I'll, let, I'll pretend that was fine and it didn't actually hit completely and break apart upon impact. Well, that that is that can happen, right? Like that and I would I'd it have to give on, a pass to military pilots knowing how to do that. Yeah, but it depends on how high they were as well. Yes, it depends on a lot of factors. So I'm just like factors. in movie world, I'm like there's enough here that I can okay, I yeah. can believe we'll it. Well, let That's that go. Right. I don't mind that part that where they skid on the water and then it starts going down and he goes back So everyone's escaping. They've got like their stuff and he goes back to get the gear and he's like underwater for so long. He's like in this, you know, the, the, the plane is falling apart around him and he's getting deeper and deeper, finally gets the gear and then like pulls on the boat to like push him up as he's dying and like losing consciousness because he has no more breath. Like that was fine. It was just like, legit my note was how did he even survive okay beer let me explain this to you uh navy seals are you gonna mansplain it to me sam i'm gonna mansplain oh some navy god seals it's it's more like sam's plane because you just don't know anything about navy seals <laughs> um no they can they can technically hold their not technically they can hold their breath up to like six or seven minutes like that's part of their training is to like that's actually like the main part of their training for the most part um but uh anyway so that part's believable honestly to me like that works like that's something they can do and he his his obsession with the gear was the kodiak which is the the raft which is like if they don't get that they're gonna freeze to death and die in the water so i think i was able to at least like believe like okay i can see why he's after the gear also there's a scene right before that on the plane that you were just alluding to where he's talking to karen and She's like, yeah, I don't think you're fit. I'm worried about what you're going to do. And he basically tells her he's there to kill the guy and doesn't really care what they want to do. 
So yeah, he's totally on his own mission. So yeah, like you're right. Like it's like, oh God, this guy. But it, that's what made it more believable that he would go that hard after the gear. Because to me, it was also if they don't get the gear, like they don't do a mission. That was the whole point, right? Like they would have to leave. So it's believable. I, I like it. Is it but believable I know in saying, life like, or death? I don't know. That's the thing I won't know. But he doesn't care. Anymore, yeah, he doesn't right? care. Like, he doesn't care. Right. Yeah. So then they get up on this boat and they're bloody just floating around in a Russian port. No one's seeing them. Yeah, kind of where they know one after them, right? Like, yeah. Come on. <laughs> they just kind of float where they go need to be. It's <laughs> a great point. I didn't even think of that. They just kind of like go dock somewhere. Nobody ever looks for them. Yeah, it was it's, just like so all in like open space. It wasn't even dug. It was like morning probably or something. And I'm like, okay, they're definitely, they should have been dead by now, but that's okay. Yeah, that's a very good point. I actually didn't think of that. Um, the other thing it was like, how do they even know where they're going? Well, I mean, they have compasses. Like they wouldn't have some idea, right? I mean, I agree. Like that's too ridiculous. Like that, I absolutely agree. The more I think about that, like, no, like there's no way they're going to find where they need to go that that well from a raft. But yeah, I mean, I, like knowing where they need to go, I'm OK with. But getting there. Yeah, I don't know about that. But yeah, that's so funny. All right. So they they get there. They get on shore somewhere in Russia. Actually, it's very close to where they need to be. Now that I think about it because yeah. they're near the CIA safe house. So they uh, exchange a few uh, pleasantries, essentially give each other their real names because they think they're all going to die anyway. Uh, John Kelly uh, mentions that he thinks the CIA guy is behind all this because mm-hmm. he's the only person that knew they were on the plane and just kind of more fuel to your fire of like, yeah, there's two people that knew they were on that plane. And if it's not this one person, it's clearly the other person. But does lead to a really cool scene where they actually bust into the CIA safe house and like hold them all hostage, essentially. Like they're not, they think they're dead. And there's a really, I guess, intense scene there where John Kelly is like essentially strangling the guy and trying to get information out of him and figure out if he is, yeah. is the bad guy or not. He goes fully blue. I thought that was cool. They played that really well. Yeah. yeah, it was intense. Yeah. And so we learned from this that he is probably not the bad guy. Which, as you said, is, is kind of obvious. I mean, it whatever. And so it kind of leaves only one other person, which would be the secretary. But they don't really get to that part yet. But yeah, so they they come to that conclusion and then they go on their little mission. Uh, they go to find this guy. Yeah. And he does find him. He does. Yeah. So as they're going into uh, an apartment building where they know he is, they've, they've scoped him out through the window and stuff. He uh, head upstairs and John Kelly. <laughs> this is funny. This is a little like nitpick. John Kelly says to them, like, oh, hold on. Like, you know, I think I hear something or whatever. And he kind of goes up and he tells him to wait there. And then he, uh, there's conveniently a gate that's like between him and the door. And he just like walks with the gate and locks it and breaks the lock so they can't get through to separate himself from the Navy SEAL team so that he can go and kill the guy. Now, that's super convenient that there's just a weird locked gate in the middle of the hallway. I've never seen that before. But the other funny thing is like, and this is like a total nitpick is he's like telling them he's like speaking very quietly to them, but I'm like, they would never be talking like this would be all hand signals in any military oh, movie yeah, taking itself seriously. Yeah. Right. Although that was such a weird thing to like, just not do. Yeah. Especially on like a secret covert mission where they're coming up on this one, like super and important no guy. One, he's yeah. like, oh, just hold on. Yeah. Anyway, not a big deal. So yeah, he, uh, he, Makes his way into the apartment, finds a bunch of people dead, mm-hmm. which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he makes his way to the the guy who's already, who knows he's there. He's like speaking to him as he comes in. And it's soon revealed that the guy has a bomb strapped to his chest. Yeah. And he also starts revealing who he is and basically says, I'm you. Like, I, I was part of the CIA. 
um, and this is like where he's ended up. And, you know, adding more fuel to the fire that the CIA was behind this entire thing. But you're also at the same time being like, "Mm, but are they? And so then the dude actually does blow himself up. Yep. Why he gives him a speech first, I don't know. But uh, gives him enough time to hide behind a wall and not get blown up. So that was good for John Kelly. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But then he basically blows it up and brings a lot of attention to the fact that they're there. Yes. Which uh, takes the police an alarming amount of time to arrive on scene. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) That part was quite silly. But he blows himself up and just as they're about to like, get up and get out of there a sniper starts firing on them and they get pinned down in the apartment this is a pretty long scene yeah. it's actually about like 10 or 15 minutes like which i, th- I thought was actually pretty good it's pretty intense like they um they, they figure out there's two snipers one of them gets shot they're having trouble getting to him he's trying to like use glass to like find where the sniper is and he just can't do that and i thought it was really smart I thought it was really smart how the snipers killed the cops to make it look like that the Americans did it. And then in that in that scene, you also realize that the CIA dude is not the bad dude. Like he's there helping him out. Yeah, he's, he's there putting his them, life right, yeah. on the line. He's trying to help like the guy that gets shot on the floor. And those snipers really get them. Like they really struggle with those snipers and they don't actually end up taking them fully out before everything happens. They get one they get of them, one. but you're yeah. right. Not both. Yeah, not yeah. both. One thing I did find funny, though, about that scene was they didn't have a medic on their team. Oh, which yeah. Was super weird, yeah. Right? Like the one, so the one guy gets shot and they, and they get him out finally. Um, it's actually a really cool scene where, uh, well, nitpick also, but cool scene where Karen sneaks up on one of the snipers, uh, goes to shoot him, but has no ammo. Like, that's a weird Her thing gun for jammed. a Navy SEAL. Oh, jam. That's right. Okay, yeah. that's fair. You're right. Okay, that's different. But they have a cool little like uh, scuffle, if you will. She ends up killing him with a knife um, right as John Kelly shows up. And from that point, they they rendezvous back at the lobby and the one Navy SEAL that was shot passes away. Um, but again, this is where I was like, what? why isn't there a medic? Yeah. Navy SEALs generally have and corpsmen with them, which are highly trained medics. And there's a lot of cops showing up at this point. They, they basically feel like yes. they can't get away and this is when John becomes the hero and says, you know, I'm I you guys need to go. I'll be the distraction. This part was done. I'm going to I was meant to die. Whatever. Well, his his explanation is that. Well, that, so it's made very clear that, you know, they can't find any American soldiers here. Yeah. Or start a war makes total sense. Right. Yeah. That's that's totally plausible. But. His explanation of, well, I'll, I'll distract them on the roof. I'll go back up and distract them. You guys can all get away. Because if I die, I'm just a felon. Mm, you're still you're an, an American. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're a Navy SEAL. They're still going to. so dumb. And you just yeah, like, it, was, that was it really doesn't silly. matter if you're a felon. It doesn't matter if you're an ex-Navy SEAL. You're still an American dude randomly shooting yes. Russians. That was, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah right. It was good. You're still a sniper on yeah. a roof. Yeah. So then they escape, which was like, come on. How the hell would they escape? But they do. They do. And um, he escapes. Yeah, what is he? Does he? Well, he gets shot a few times yep. again. Actually, I did. I did like the scene. So they they come up on the roof and they come after him. And there's, a, you know, he's he's kind of holding them off a bit, and he jumps through a skylight to try and uh, escape. And he he's throwing drops bombs. Some smoke grenades. He's uh, throwing bombs that only miraculously end up on the cop cars. Nowhere else, just the cop cars. Oh, that was so dumb. Yeah. So yeah, that was beyond dumb. So he's on the roof with with grenades as a distraction. And he's throwing them down and you're right. It was such a bad effect too. Like it was just like, 
he would throw a grenade and then it would cut to the cop cars and they would just explode. Like, no, like they don't even show a grenade anywhere. Yeah. Like it was just really cheesy. And like point is that he's doing that. So he doesn't actually kill the cops, but it's a big distraction. And it's just, it's so not believe. Like, I don't care if you're a Navy SEAL, you throw a grenade. There's a very good chance. It's, High chance you're going to hit or someone. it's going to bounce off the car. Like, like, I mean, it's going to. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. absolutely. It doesn't explode just and he does this three times car. in a row. Like he blows up like three yeah. cars, like perfect. Incredible aim. Kobe couldn't <laughs> yeah. even it has nothing on yeah. this guy. It's so true though. Yeah. Yeah. Steph Curry style. Eh? <laughs> um, so then he basically is shot. Mm-hmm. Uh he, and he fights creates... a bunch of people in there and gets hurt a lot. Yeah, and still survives. Um, and then he creates like a really big distraction with a bomb where it explodes and then he runs out and takes an ambulance back to the safe house. Yeah, I thought that was so funny. It's like they pulled up and and my only thought was like, I hope someone moves that ambulance real fast because your safe house is going to be really obvious in a minute when they realize an ambulance was stolen and here it is in front of your building. Yeah, exactly. And then very quickly, like they end up on a boat escaping Russia and he seems to be fine. Yeah, he's like limping or something like, yeah. Yeah, well, he got shot in the shoulder for sure, and I think there. I'm. I, I don't know. Like, I think the rest of that was just him getting in fistfights. So of course he's like hurt, but not like. Although I thought yeah. uh, my thought was a lot of that was probably internal damage, which is worse. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, which is right? worse? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that happens, and then they escape and go back to America on the boat. Everything's fine, but you're still like this doesn't explain anything that happened really. No, the only thing it does is eliminate some options. So there is a scene on the boat where the CIA guy says to him, there's however much money in a duffel bag for you so you can disappear. Because he basically says, you officially died on this mission, which again, makes no sense because they would have his body. So like, you died on this mission. So here's some money to, to get away. So at this point, you're now convinced that the CIA guy, CIA guy definitely didn't do any of this. He's definitely on their side. And even John Kelly says to him, I, I had you wrong. And then your only other option is obviously the secretary was behind all this. So at this point, you cut back to America. I don't, there's a little bit of a time jump, not a whole lot. And a very, very kind of silly scene, in my opinion. Like it was just so like, I don't know. He basically like the secretary goes to the bathroom, like public bathroom. And he shows yeah. up and he kind of plays dumb and says, oh, we have to finish the mission. And like. Secret- he's got i got the name for yeah you. and the secretary is like obviously confused because he thinks he's dead and then he says um something about the guy blowing himself up and then like the secretary like just like doesn't really flinch at that news and then like his big gotcha moment is like well that wasn't in the report so how'd you know somebody blew up and honestly it was kind of like one of those things where he, he wouldn't care about that detail like he would like if yeah. he was a secretary yeah. he'd be like oh okay like like yeah, I missed yeah, that yeah. line somewhere or you know what i mean like Anyway, that was his gotcha moment. And so he kidnaps. It's not even a gotcha moment. No, it was pretty weak. Uh, And so obviously walking him into a trap for that. But John Kelly kidnaps him at this point. Uh, I I guess just to kill him, right? Because he was responsible. Yeah, and he just, we just flip like to or jump to um, him in the car. Like you don't really know how he got him out. Yeah, it's kind of weird because the guy, so the secretary had security in the lounge uh, in the bar he was at and like he waved them off for yeah. going to the bathroom, which makes me wonder why you have security at all. If you're just going to, if you're going to go somewhere alone, then wave them off. But that was all yeah. very cliche, like very like, oh, he's on his own. Now this guy's going to grab him. Exactly. Then there's this annoying scene where he basically drives them into the ocean. He puts his seatbelt on and is it into the ocean? Where are they? 
Uh, they're probably in DC. Okay, so yeah, he drives him into the ocean. They're in the car together. He basically tells him to say Pam's name over and over again and says he'll well, let he him go. He threatens his kids he- first. Yeah. yeah. Well, he threatens his kids. And remember, he's uh, handcuffed the yes. dude to the door. So this dude's going to die if he doesn't like save him. Anyways, doesn't save him, tells him to say Pam's name, doesn't say Pam's name. And then I think he says her name in the end. Yeah, he does. And yeah. he, he does. And he's like, doesn't undo his seatbelt. He's like losing consciousness. And then he sees Pam. So like, and he's like, there is a heaven. And I'm like, oh my God. I can't defend those Why? scenes. Those were so yeah, unnecessary. So, so bad. No, he said, is this heaven or is there a heaven? And she said like, not this or not yet. I don't know. It was, it was really weird. It was really weird. So um, yeah. Oh, really and then, didn't and like... then he was like, are you with me always or something? And she's like, not always, but right now it's so bad. Like it's so, it so it's like bad. somebody who knows how to write a military movie trying to write a love scene. You know what I mean? Like it's. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then basically he survives and we learn that Karen came and saved yeah, that him. Was dumb. The exact um, place that he went off the bridge. She was waiting. Yeah. Like, how did you know? So then like, I'll give you the fact that he survived because Navy SEALs yeah, can hold their breath for six to seven minutes. Uh, it's what I learned in this podcast today. You're welcome. So he survives miraculously and then he escapes because the CIA dude does a, gets a favor for him. And he's named John what? Like, it's the same. I know. Okay, name. so I can explain that, but I can't excuse it. So in the book, and I don't remember why this is the case, his name is John Kelly, but for some reason they call him John Clark. So, and okay. by the way, when I say book, he's in like the whole universe of John Clark. He's in a ton of books. And I, do, I don't know, honestly, I have no idea why they do that, like give him two last names. But that was what that was. That was setting him up to be John Clark, which is the much more prominent version of his character in the books than, than whatever he was referred to as John Kelly. I think which might have just been okay. with their remorse. No, it's dumb. It's totally stupid. I, why you would use the same first name, I don't know. But yeah, that's that's the only reason I know why they did that. The very, this movie, you, you saw the mid credit scene or did you just like run away? Oh, I ran away. Oh no. Okay. This is the best part. So there's a, there's a, a, a scene in the, I mean, it's the best part for me. You're not going to care, but the, the mid credits. You know me well, you know me really well. <laughs> or I've just been here for the last hour talking to you about this movie, but the middle, <laughs> the middle of the credits, uh, you see the CAA guy show up and, and John Kelly standing in Washington, looking at the Washington monument. And he shows up and says, I'm surprised you called or something like that. I'm surprised you're here. And it's a year later. And John Kelly says, oh, I've been doing a lot of thinking and I can't stop thinking about what would happen or or can't stop thinking about this, something like this happening again. And he basically says, I can't remember what the CIA guy says, uh, but he's basically, oh, he's a director now, by the way. CIA guy's been promoted. Yeah. Okay. And he's like, okay, like, well, what would we do about something like that? And then he says, I want to put together a team, a team of multinational so not American, this is where you might like the movie, the next one, multinational. So like France, Italy, Spain, every, Germany, everything. The The only reason that matters, although, I, so there's a dumb part here too, where he says, uh, I want to call it Team Rainbow. And that's because he kept seeing the friggin' rainbows with his wife. And he goes, it's personal, which is so stupid. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rant slash be happy in this same paragraph here, because like, 
what he's alluding to is Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six, which is a book that came out many, many years ago. I watched, I literally read it 20 years ago. I'm not even kidding as a teenager. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I, and I was like, I loved it. It's such a good book. And it's about, yeah, like a multinational team of special forces that respond all around the world to threats. And like, it's really cool. It has all the nations represented. It's all about these multinational operatives, like working together and learning to walk. It's like all about like differences, like, because they're very, cool. which is like really cool. And then the, the writing's just really good. It's a really great book. They've been trying to make a movie for um, that amount of time, like almost 20 years ago, they were like, yeah, we're going to make this now. And like, it just never, never happened. Like they just kept oh. trying, kept trying, kept trying. So I knew going into this because I had read this on the Wikipedia that this was going to be the setup. They were using this as a part one for rainbow six. So this is why I was excited for this. Oh, now okay. the naming of that team is stupid and they shouldn't have done that because the whole point of rainbow six was the multinational team. The whole point was rainbow was to represent all the different nationalities, which are oh my God. And then they tried to make it like about a, a personal thing to him. Now he does become the director yeah. of rainbow six in the books. So this also like this checks out, this is fine for a setup. So I was happy to see that, that they're like, yep, we're doing it. Like here it comes. So I'm, I'm happy to see what they, where they go with this. Same. I'm willing to watch it. Sure. Like yeah. I, I love, I like these types of movies in that I like, I love action movies. I love the switch your brain off and have fun with an action movie. The problem with this one is you couldn't switch your brain off fully because of how bad the dialogue was. Like, I just can't yeah, get over how bad I didn't, it was. It's funny. The dialogue didn't bother me, but maybe because I just didn't, I wasn't expecting it to be like, I don't know, anything more than, than getting and I me guess through it. You'll be more forgiving if you're a fan yeah. as well. Well, again, I yeah, knew where this all... was going and I love Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Just like you do. So I was like, I'm, I'm here yeah. for this. Like, let's see how this goes. And you're right. I'm definitely more forgiving of it. Yeah. So I don't think the movie was bad as like three out of 10. I just thought it was predictable as heck. Yeah. Uh, that was definitely I a really just. Yeah, I really, really disliked the cheesy writing and dialogue. It was also super cheesy. It was very much a 2000s action film. It's it's I liked it, obviously, but I, I can I can't defend half the things we just talked about. That was kind of the fun part of it. It's all right. It's yeah. it's fine. Right. Like this is why I was excited for this episode, because I had a feeling you liked yeah. it. And I knew I was coming and being like, this is trash. I was like, I wonder <laughs> if she'll like this. No, but I really didn't know. So this was like actually really I, I enjoy I enjoy movies like this. Like if we can do more movies like I this, I'm so yeah. down. The military piece is fine so long as it's not like I like I love James Bond. You know, I love See, like I spies. I love. I'm oh, just, okay. I'm just, I, I, it's not that I don't like James Bond. I'm just so freaking bored of James. Like I can't watch another one. Like I've yeah. just seen it yeah, so yeah, many yeah. times. Fair. Yeah. Fair. But I like that type of story arc. I like the type of spies. Mission Impossible is fun. So yeah, that's it. That's it from us this week. We had fun. I had fun watching yeah. this. Like I'm not going to well, deny Again, that. it's not two and a half hours. So even if you're like, yeah, I'm kind of lukewarm on this. You're out of there under two hours. You're like, all right. Like I was so happy it was under two hours. Yeah, me too. I honestly, like, even, even though I was excited for this and this is kind of right up my alley for the most part, I was just like, I don't want to sit here for, for more than two hours for any Absolutely movie. Honestly, not. like I'm just. Yeah. So, Abir, where can they find us? Where can they reach us? Where can we get their feedback and their comments? Yeah, if you want to send us some feedback, if you want to give us some suggestions, you can find us on Twitter at The Rival Reviews. That's with an S at the end. You can send us an email to rivalreviews.com. 
2021 at gmail.com. And so you can go to our Twitter and you can see our email contact there as well. Please keep it civil. We do have feelings, I do at least, Sam, debatable. Yeah, so we're launching on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Basically, anywhere you're listening right now is where you're going to find the next episodes. So definitely, you know, follow, subscribe, whatever your platform asks you to do. If there's a notification button, make sure you're hitting that, and you will definitely be getting our next episodes as soon as we launch them. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.